I think about how smart our bodies are to recognize when an, a baby or an embryo isn't healthy and isn't going to make it to full term and how really like intentionally designed the process is to, you know, let go of that pregnancy and, and in the hopes that there's a future one that's healthy. Hi, I'm Sarah Kuhn. Welcome to the Juno Women Podcast, where I sit down for candid conversations with women who are experts in their field and share their specific knowledge so that we can become better equipped to handle all things motherhood. Juno Women is an extension of Juna, a fitness and nutrition app created to help guide you through your trying to conceive, pregnancy, and motherhood journey. Everything we do at Juna is designed to empower and support you through one of the most incredible and challenging times of your life. In today's episode, I'm talking to Julie Sawaya, the founder of perinatal nutrition company Needed. We talk briefly about what led Julie to start Needed, but the majority of our conversation is on miscarriages. Julie shares her personal story about a pregnancy loss and gives tips on surviving and eventually thriving through what can be a very emotionally challenging time. I hope you enjoy. Julie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I appreciate your time. Why don't you start by introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about you and your company? Yeah, well, I'm Julie. I'm the co-founder of Needed. Needed's a perinatal nutrition company that we started in 2017, and we really focused on optimally nourishing women. What we realized during that time period, which for us was preconception, so we weren't yet ready to start families, but it was definitely on our mind. We realized that we were hugely deficient in key nutrients that are really necessary for fertility, pregnancy, carrying a baby to full term and postpartum and dug into the, the literature around perinatal nutrition and realized that we were really far from alone. 95% of women are clinically deficient in one or more key nutrients. And that's despite 97% taking a prenatal. So we, we realized really that the prenatal vitamins on the market are designed to meet bare minimum needs, not to set women up to feel their best and to really thrive. And so we set out on a what's been a long journey to, to create our products in partnership with perinatal nutrition and health practitioners. And so I think what Needed's really known for is our complete plan. It's a four-part perinatal nutrition protocol that is really deeply rooted in the clinical research, but also the in-practice experience of women's health practitioners that are regularly testing moms in this life stage to know what's actually needed to set you up to feel your best. Yeah. And based in LA, I'm a mom of an 18 month old daughter and um, hoping to conceive again after a recent pregnancy loss. I'm sorry to hear that. I do have an 18 month old too. So oh, that's awesome. <laughs> what, the, what you're going through with an 18 month old right now. <laughs> yeah. So. It, it's more work than for my daughter. It's definitely become more work as she's gotten older. She was a very easy baby and she's a great toddler too, but it's harder once they're active and mobile. Yeah. Yeah. I, my son is a total maniac and he, like, and it's just so funny because everyone's, oh, but I love the 18 month stage. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, it's awesome. It's incredible what's going on, but you, they are, they literally have a death wish and your job at every moment is just basically like putting new boundaries on like what exactly the, every, everything, I, the things I've caught him in the act of doing. And I'm just like, I looked away for one second. What is going on? 
Yeah, absolutely. The topic of the the podcast today is we're really going to talk about pregnancy loss and how to nourish yourself. And so I thank you. I know how hard it is to talk about these things, especially like when you're still in it. And um, so I appreciate your openness and willingness to talk about this. Yeah, my pleasure. I think it's definitely not an experience I would ever wish on anyone, but it's a shockingly common experience. I think even as the founder of a perinatal nutrition company, like I'm in this world day in and day out, just as you are with your business. Mm -hmm. And I knew how common it was. I think it, it always comes as a shock when it happens to you, finding yourself on the slimmer odds of a probability. It can come as a real surprise. So I think I feel really passionate, always have about empowering women with information about how to set themselves up optimally, but it's only become more of a passion for me since going through this experience. And I think probably it, it helps by knowing just that if you are experiencing pregnancy loss or pregnancy after loss and navigating that uncertainty, just know that you're not alone. And there's a lot of communities out there like Juno's community and Needed's community who are really thinking of you and really want to help set you up to, to feel your best. Yeah. Yeah. There's it's I, I, for like, you don't know, I'm sure a lot of my listeners know I had experienced two different ectopic pregnancies, both which were like, I spent eight days in the hospital for one had an emergency surgery and for the other one, again, lost a tube. And then I also had a miscarriage. And so I'm, and this was all before my first baby. And so I, I definitely had no idea how to like how much nutrition played an important role in replenishing myself. So I, I think, and, you know, and, and obviously being in this space too, that it isn't something that we cover. And so I'm excited to talk with you and hopefully anyone who's experiencing pregnancy loss will get something out of this and at least how to fuel themselves and replenish and nourish themselves in this like incredibly challenging time. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so sorry for your experiences. I often think just like, I am so grateful that I have my daughter and I, I um, have that experience of having had a really blissful, maybe slightly ignorance is bliss to some extent, but just like a really low risk and smooth pregnancy. It maybe contributed to the shock of having this different experience with this pregnancy, but it's a, I think a good reminder that no matter how your journey starts, like, or how difficult it is at different parts, every pregnancy is going to be different. And to me, that gives me hope that when we're pregnant again, it will be different, hopefully better, but certainly different than the last two. Yeah. I always used to, when I'd spin out and I was like, oh, like what, what's harder? And this was obviously before I actually hit what's harder is, is it secondary infertility harder than, because at least you have, or is it easier? And I've interviewed so many women that have experienced secondary infertility. And I think like what the answer is, is like, all of it is just awful and hard and we just have to trudge through and there's just no good in it. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And everybody's pain is valid. Mm -hmm. And I think infertility is loss, like just the same as miscarriage is loss and stillbirth is loss. I think all of those experiences are nearly impossible to completely understand until you've been through them, but they are all equally valid experiences. And one of the practitioners in our network that I really admire, Dr. Jessica Zucker. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her work. I had a miscarriage. It's, she's got a book by the same name too, which is really okay. worth giving a read, but she talks about how unhelpful it is to compare pain. And I, oh. I think about that a lot of just whatever you're going through, your pain is valid because it's your pain. Your loss is your loss. And whether the loss was at four weeks right after you found out you're pregnant or much later on, it's still loss. And I think part of what makes the loss so difficult is that we often don't 
share with people in the early, you know, weeks of pregnancy that we are pregnant. And so it, it can become that much more difficult to talk about the pregnancy after it has ended. And hopefully we're slowly breaking down that barrier so that yeah. we can all understand like there really are so many of us who walk through that journey. We're going to take a quick break so I can tell you about the Juna app, the app that makes this podcast possible. Juna is the premier app for every stage of motherhood with a 12-week trying to conceive plan and workouts, key nutrition information for every week of pregnancy and postpartum, plus six full video courses on birth prep, breastfeeding, newborn care, infant sleep, sleep from four to 12 months, and starting solids. The app is designed to be your number one companion from trying to conceive through your baby's first year of life. It also includes daily diaphragmatic breathing exercises, pelvic floor prep, daily tips, and notes from me that are relevant to the exact things you are experiencing. These are so helpful for easing any fears and preventing the dreaded gestational Google mania, that sickness where you can't stop Googling every little thing that happens during pregnancy. Juna is available for both iOS and Android. Just search Juna in the App Store or go to Juna.co. Again, that's Juna.co. The app is completely free to try for seven days, and if you decide it's not right for you, you can cancel any time within the first week. No questions asked. Download Juna today and get started. Now, back to the show. Yeah, and I, I think about, this is a terrible comparison, but I'm going to make the comparison because I, I, you said the slimmer odds of miscarriage. And I, I wonder how slimmer those odds are. I think there's like, when I think about the numbers of COVID cases right now, yeah. I, I, my guess is that it's probably 10x what it actually is because I think of like our family, we just went through COVID and only two have tested positive and only one of us tested positive on a, like at a, like we took them to get tested public, you know, like, whereas like the rest yeah. of them were at home tests, but all five of us had COVID. And it's, I think I had an unreported miscarriage, like the miscarriage that I had, I just, I bled, I passed it. And that was that. And I think of how many women also experienced that. And so I think that the numbers of miscarriages are actually much higher yeah. than this. Like, I think it's two and five, right. Or three, you know, it's, yeah. I think it's higher. Yeah, um, totally. Especially like in those early weeks when many don't know yet that they're pregnant. And I think knowing that it makes you realize, and, and I think uh, fertility challenges are related to that, but it makes you realize just how miraculous it is when things do go. And I'm, I am a big believer in, in trusting nature and in believing in your body, that your body can do this and your body is uh, well-equipped to do this. And even, even when we get assistance with fertility or with anything else, believing in, in your body and really honoring like how beautiful um, it is that your body's able to support you, including through a loss. Like sometimes in my case, I lost, we experienced the loss at around 11 weeks gestation. The baby had stopped growing sooner than that. So some ways it was more like eight weeks, but I carried the baby through 12 weeks when the miscarriage actually completed. And I think about how smart our bodies are to recognize when an a baby or an embryo isn't healthy and isn't going to make it to full term and how really like intentionally designed the process is to, you know, let go of that pregnancy and, and in the hopes that there's a future one that's healthy. And I think that's something that I reiterate just because I, I, I think it's, I, I know it's true for me and I, I've heard so many stories of this being true for others that we're nicer and kinder to ourselves when we're pregnant than we are when we are experiencing fertility challenges or miscarriage or postpartum, our body's not 
immediately returning to their pre-pregnancy state. And I think it's so important to focus on how do we just get back into a relationship where we're really like honoring our body and just being kind and gentle with ourselves, not critical, not blaming ourselves because in the vast majority of cases, there's nothing you did wrong. There's nothing you could have done to prevent a loss. And to me and to us as a company, I think so much of nourishment is not just about like micronutrients, biochemical nourishment. It's really about feeling empowered and feeling, feeling you're supported holistically. And so I think that emotional piece is, it's really equally, if not more important than the nutrition side, which we're going to talk about. Yeah. I want to talk about both because I think I totally agree with you. I didn't think about nutrition, nutritionally at all. I was just like, devastated. And that like, and I wasn't like, oh, what can I do to replenish my reserves? I, but I think like emotionally I was like, how can I take care of myself? And I had some things, but I'm really interested. So what were like, what was your experience? How did your husband or partner help you through the process and what was nourishing for you? Yeah. So we learned of the, I had a, a missed miscarriage. So I found out about the baby not developing normally through an ultrasound. I was working with a midwife So we actually first knew that something might've been off when the midwife listened with a Doppler. She didn't have an ultrasound in her practice. So we ordered an HCG level. It came back the next day and looked low. It was elevated, but low. I went in and found out about it at the the ER. It was not an experience I would recommend. Certainly not. No. And, And, you know, honestly, the triage nurse was the... I would say that the ER staff was like incredibly kind and incredibly comforting, but getting an ultrasound alone without my husband there with the hospital policies, the tech can't tell you what's happening. And they, she couldn't pick up, obviously couldn't pick up a heartbeat doing an abdominal ultrasound. So then she did a transvaginal one. It was just, if you've experienced pregnancy before and you know what an 11 week ultrasound experience is like, this was, I knew that something was wrong, but I, nobody would confirm it. So Mm -hmm. I think in the the immediate aftermath, it was like shock and sort of disbelief, but I felt really fortunate to be working with a midwife who'd experienced two losses herself and had a very similar missed miscarriage around the same time as me and had gone to a hospital and heard the same news. So she was incredibly helpful in guiding me around next steps physically, like mm-hmm. in terms of how do I want to do a DNC or wait for it to happen naturally and chose to wait to ha- to let it happen naturally. And it did about a week later. Yeah. That experience is it's like a birth. It really is not at that gestation. It was not like a, you know, a heavy period, but I chose to work with, and this partly came about through, I think the network that I have through needed of being aware that there is support in the form of a lost doula. We often think of doulas as being there for birth support. In my postpartum experience with my daughter, I worked with a postpartum doula. And one doula that I know and am friends with also supports families through loss, whether it's miscarriage or fertility challenges or stillbirth. And so my husband and I uh, worked with her over a course of several months to process the experience. And all that's entailed in it, of course, like the immediate shock, but also what does it mean for moving forward to trying to conceive an early pregnancy? And how do I really get back to that place where I trust in pregnancy? And my whole, like with you, I think my whole like world and life is like centered around this life stage. It's unavoidable Mm -hmm. for me to 
talk to pregnant women constantly every day. And all of my friends are in this light stage too. And it was important to me to, I think, work through it in, and at the time, I think what that, that might sound a little idealistic of why I worked with this law doula and it was like this great experience. And now I'm feeling really wonderful about it. I think that's too rosy of a picture. Like initially I wanted to be pregnant again, as soon as possible, because mm-hmm. it was just the only way for my mind to, void, to wrap right. around the void. Yeah. Cause how do you, it's a loss that is not replaceable. And I think it was a struggle for me that my cycle didn't regulate right away. It took, took a month or two months for me to be able to track what my cycle was and to track ovulation. And I think in retrospect, that time was time that I really needed emotionally, maybe not physically so much. My body was probably physically in, in a condition to be able to conceive again within a month or two. But emotionally, I think I really needed that time to process that experience as a complete one and hopefully move forward when we are pregnant again. Being able to acknowledge that like it's a separate experience. It's not necessarily going to end the way that the last one did. And and if it did, to be a, a little bit more okay with that rather than to have the devastation piled on top of the devastation. So yeah, yeah. I don't know that it's ever, I have many friends and many family members who've experienced loss and those who are 15 years removed or even longer will say like the, the last still stays with you. It's not necessarily something that goes away, but, but the grief changes as time passes. Yeah. It's, it's different in that, like you have the context of having a kid. And I remember when I went through my losses, I just had no idea. I had no context. And now that I do have a context, I think about those losses and I think, oh, I wonder what that kid would have been. Oh, because now I have kids to be like, oh, those were real, those were real babies. Like those were real like things that were a part of my life that I just didn't have the context for. And again, like it's like all these experiences are different and, and I'm experiencing those losses all over again because I'm like, God, those would have been what in a total and, and in this, also in the same vein as like, we were only gonna have three kids, so it is what it is. But But I'm like, oh, like, Levi is who he is and Kyla is who she is. And these were the kids I was meant to have. And so I can do that in my head, but we wouldn't have had those kids if one of these pregnancies has come to fruition. I think that's at least a healthier thing for me to be like, okay, like we have what we're supposed to have. And yeah, and And from the very beginning, I like felt very connected to that idea of like, I remember the day it happened, like sending texts to my family and and the friends who knew and and telling them and just saying, I know that this is, this is just bringing us closer to the baby we're meant to meet. But I think that also contributed to my feeling of, and I need to meet that baby tomorrow. And like, how quickly can I get pregnant again? And I, I, I think there's a balance of it, but one of the practitioners who I see, who's my, um, amazing acupuncturist here in LA, who's experienced loss herself, he shared that the time that you take in healing from a miscarriage physically, emotionally, spiritually from a loss is going to set your future family up so well so that that pain isn't intergenerational so that it's, it's complete and you welcome your next baby into the world, not in a place of them filling a gap, replacing something that was lost, but really from a place of you were meant to be here and I wanted you here with like a pure intention, mm-hmm. not to make me less sad if that yeah makes sense 
No, I love that. I think that's so that's it's so true. And and I think if everyone can internalize, that would be like a helpful, only a helpful feeling. I'm curious because I don't think and I wasn't in this space when I experienced my losses. Lost doulas, that's like such a I love that concept. Like I saw a therapist. <laughs> Many a many a therapist for myself, but I like so. What do lost doulas walk through, work through with you? Yeah, I know two pretty well. Two of them are all. They're both of the ones that I know well are in in our practitioner collective, which we call needed change makers. And what what work that they typically do is either one on one or in groups, really helping you to process through similar to like prep preparation for birth or talking through your fears, talking through uncertainties, talking through. Your vision of, well, how do you want to feel when you're conceiving again? How do you want to feel? And this is probably after the immediate aftermath of mm-hmm. processing the trauma of the loss. But together we worked on, and with my husband, how do we, and this might've been actually the most meaningful thing that I got out of it, but was like, how do the two of you have very different experiences with this? So you're both in pain, but the pain is felt differently. The experience of carrying the baby and having the baby leave your body, it's just different for women than it will be for for a male partner. And yet I think oftentimes people don't even ask men how they're feeling about it or the partner who was not the the pregnant person. And so that work I think was really helpful. And in a lot of ways, we worked with a birth doula during um, my first pregnancy and it was similar in some mm-hmm. ways to that work. Not of course the active labor part, but mm-hmm. the preparation and the processing, I think, of, of the experience. I want to take a quick second to tell you a little about the Core Restore program that's part of the Juna app. If you have a mom pooch, lower back pain, pelvic pain, urinary incontinence, balance issues, or just generally feel like you can't regain your strength and your core, then Core Restore is for you. The Core Restore program was developed by Katie Hunter to help you safely and correctly heal your pelvic floor issues. These are the same moves she works on with me in her office that I pay a pretty penny for per session. You can get it all in the app as part of your subscription and your first seven days are free. Simply search for Juna in the App Store and download the Juna app to get started today. Yeah, it's interesting. I I think like the partner, husband, whoever is not pregnant, they're often so busy trying to make sure that you're okay. Yeah. That they forget they're also experiencing a loss. And I know yeah. that for my husband, like he didn't feel the tension or just how horrible of an experience all of it was for him too. It was scary for him. Like it's oh, just absolutely and he just didn't process it because he was so he, he didn't acknowledge his own pain because he was just like, I just want to make sure you're okay. And by the time our, we had our first kid, I feel like all of that just came out of him. He was just like, oh my God, this was, this was a hard knock. <laughs> and, yeah. and I, and again, like we, we also went to couples therapy, but it, we, it just, he was so focused on me, not himself. Yeah. And I think that a yeah. lot of partners do that. And so it is important for us as women to also acknowledge that our partners have gone through something. A lot. Yeah, totally. And I think the same is true for the birth experience where the partner is, it's almost, where is the room? Like when you're in that immediate, like fight or flight, like the, there's not much room for the the person who's not immediately in danger to be thinking through what is the, what like, what do I need to feel yeah 
resourced during this experience, but I think it was really helpful because conceiving a baby is, it's not about one person. It's about two people or more when assistance is as part of that or your journey involves more, more than just you and your partner. And I think us both getting to a place where we felt less baggage, I guess, about like in the beginning, it was just like, I was, I was like, I, there's no way I can approach trying to conceive with levity and like with fun, like that's just not an option. And I think it's as the months um, progressed, that felt more possible, but I don't know. It's just, it's tough. It's just a hard experience. And I think giving yourself and your partner a lot of grace around what you, you like, what people say to you. I don't know if you've had that experience, but like it's really hard for people to get it right on what yeah. to say when there's a loss, not to excuse things that are said that are hurtful in any way, but it's just really hard. And there are some times where I don't know if I could even tell my partner or my sister who was pregnant shortly after our loss, if there was like something to, I don't even know if I could tell them or coach someone exactly what to say, because it's hard to know even what you need. But yeah, I think it's just not something that is intended to be perfect grief in the way we deal with grief. It's messy. Yep. It, it, it is. I could talk all day about it, but I also want to touch on, on the nutrition stuff. So, yeah. So, cause there, I mean, there's a lot happening, like when your body loses, has a loss like that. And so I guess what are some things or nutrients that your body is now all of a sudden going to be depleted of and how do you restore yourself? I know, obviously you have a, you know, you have your own like supplement. So I guess talk a little bit about that, but also real foods and how we can replenish ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think of the time after a pregnancy loss as a hybrid of the zero trimester. So the time period when you're preparing to conceive and the fourth trimester, which is the postpartum period. And that's true. If your intention is to conceive again, I know that is for many, but it's not for all, but in any case, your body, no matter how far along your pregnancy was when, when it ended, your body changed a lot to support that pregnancy. There's a huge amount of nutrient demands to go through the hormonal changes. When hormones fluctuate up and down rapidly, it it takes a toll on the body. I think a misnomer or misunderstanding about prenatal vitamins broadly is that they're for the baby. And so if there's a baby, you take them. And when there's no baby, you stop taking them. And I think it's really important to know no matter what stage you are in the perinatal journey, that a prenatal vitamin primarily is actually for you Mm -hmm. to ensure that your nutrient levels are adequate because our bodies are designed to give the developing baby or the baby who has been been born and is now breastfeeding to give them priority when it comes to nutrition, to give them everything that they need, even at your body's expense. So literally pulling nutrients from your brain to build baby's brain. And so I think with that, foundational understanding, it becomes a lot easier to see where continuing to nourish your body in the way that you were intentionally doing so when you were pregnant through food, through supplements, how important that is. And something to, you know, keep in mind is no matter what uh, stage the loss happened, there is blood loss. So that's going to be depleting of nutrients like iron is a big one that postpartum or during pregnancy loss is really important to Uh, make sure you're getting adequate levels. Ideally, you would have your iron levels tested after your loss, but it's a safe assumption to assume that you probably need some supplemental iron. Getting iron through food is great too, 
animal-based sources of iron tend to be better absorbed than plant-based sources. So especially if you're vegan or vegetarian, I would look for an iron supplement. It's actually best to take iron away from your prenatal, which is a little bit counterintuitive. A lot of prenatals on the market actually have iron in them, but it competes with calcium and a few other nutrients for absorption. You'll often find a prenatal that has either or, but not both. Taking iron separately is a great call. And then warming foods like in a postpartum period. So soups, stews, things that are really easy for your body to digest and that aren't overly taxing on your body in that, in that time period. And then we're really looking to really boost back up your nutrient levels because nutrients, there's a lot that happens in the first trimester. I know we're speaking a lot about early pregnancy loss, but loss can happen at any time. So this is only magnified if your loss happened later, but there, there are a lot of nutrients that are needed in that early time period. We want to focus on folate, especially for preconception, antioxidants for both partners. And I think that's something that is becoming more widely understood, but maybe um, not ubiquitous is that men can actually benefit from taking a high quality multivitamin and supporting their sperm health nutritionally too. So at Needed, we have a line of supplements for men and for women. And we really recommend ideally a three month preconception period for both partners to get your egg and sperm health in an optimal place and just be balanced hormonally. Of course, if you have a loss, like I totally was in this camp of like, we lost, we found out about the loss and I immediately wanted to start trying again. That's a reason for your partner to stick with his preconception routine through your pregnancy. There's many other ones like energy and, and immunity and overall health, but that's one that I was glad my husband had continued taking probably not as religiously every day, but he was still taking some of his supplements during my first trimester with our loss. So I felt, okay, we're probably in an okay place to start trying again if, if we're ready to. But the fact that it then we then had more like three months after the loss to really prepare, I think was probably just even more beneficial to be really intentional about it. So antioxidants are really important to egg health and sperm health. Omega-3s are really important. for, And then a high quality prenatal is a really great one to focus on. And one that I think, one, one other product to mention that I think, um, is super interesting is that your microbiome, so gut health, we think about like gut health for digestion and immunity, but your gut health actually influences your hormones as well, both for men and women. And so supporting your microbiome through a targeted pre and probiotic can be a really good idea during this time period. Do you guys for have men probiotic? Okay. We do. Yeah. Okay. Um, ours is specifically formulated for the perinatal stage that has strains that have been clinically studied to show that they support mom and baby's health, which is okay. awesome. And then we have a men's pre and probiotic too, which is a pretty new product for us that has antioxidants and strains of bacteria that are proven to support the male microbiome, including the microbiome of semen, which has its own biome, which is insane and mind boggling. But yeah, so a, a male partner's semen can impact fertility. And it can impact the vaginal microbiome of a female partner. And obviously, when we're thinking about pregnancy and conception, infections are something that you want to minimize wherever possible. So supporting the microbiome is is great for both partners too. Man, that's a fascinating thing. Yeah. And we we do have a couple of resources on our website that that break this all down. Something else that I wanted to offer to listeners is we have a team of perinatal nutritionists who work with our customers and our community to help you optimize what you're taking. So if you're taking products that are not needed and you're happy with those, that's great. 
it's totally free, but we like to offer free consults to lost mamas or those who are navigating extended fertility journeys. And if you have show notes, we could include those in the show notes or you can yeah. find more information about that on our website, which is thisisnita.com. But that's a really great way if you don't have, oftentimes many of us are seeing OBs or a midwife who are not nutritionally trained in depth on, especially on nutrient biochemistry and the right nutrient forms to look for in a supplement. So that consult can just be really helpful to give you and your partner assurance that what you're, what you're doing for preconception health is going to set you up for the goals that you have. Yeah. It, it's always fascinating to me when, um, when an OB recommends folic acid still. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I think I, like, I come from a family of MDs. We were chatting earlier. My, actually my whole family, my dad, my sister and I went to Northwestern and I'm the only Northwestern grad who's not a doctor. So oh, I have huge respect for MDs, but yes, it's, it's just, you know, part of the, it's just not part of the curriculum mm -hmm. in med school. Nutrition is not emphasized. And that was somewhat by design, the way that nutrition and, or I guess, dietetics and medicine co-developed was the idea of an MD and practice with a registered dietitian. But we don't see that in practice often. You don't go to your fertility clinic or your OB's office and then have a nutrition consult as part of that. And that's part of what we're trying to do with Needed is bring together those different experts so that you can come to one destination to really fully understand your needs in a way that no individual practitioner, even when really well-intended and really educated and skilled, nobody has all of the answers. Yeah, I feel like nutrition on its own, as, as, as shown by having read, just think an entire field dedicated to it. Like it's just so much, but I, I also think it's how can we not consider what we're putting in our body when it comes to medicine? Like it's like, it feels like there needs to be a little bit of a shift in what we're yeah. teaching doctor. And I, and I think that shift is happening. I think like the rise of this functional medicine is interesting too, because it's, but, um, all, I mean, that off topic, but just all interesting stuff as you think about your body and how it works and yeah totally when it breaks us when it breaks down <laughs> yeah yeah and I think I think like probably another thing to mention or just remember about loss is even if you can pinpoint some cause of the miscarriage or something that you feel like okay maybe there's an egg health or a sperm health quality issue or a hormone like insufficient progesterone or something like that and there is something that you can do to support it through nutrition or through medicine and interventions. I think it's good to remember that like overall stress isn't going to help the process. And I know that's easier said than done. Experiencing loss is, ex it's acutely stressful. Trying to conceive after an extended journey of trying to conceive is acutely stressful. Trying every month, it's like for both partners, it's a lot. And I think when we, when we design our product lineup, we intentionally created products that meet the needs for stress management, for better sleep, things like that, that haven't gotten enough attention or I think products that are designed to be safe in this life stage. We do have a stress support product and a sleep support product that are great for both men and women. I think for me during this experience, that's been my like number one focus is just trying to minimize stress through acupuncture, through meditation, through taking a warm bath yoga and walking and things like that. Like they're a little aspirational with an 18 month old, but I try to, but if you do nothing else, I would say take a prenatal, just take one that you trust and that you're, you like, and that you'll stick with consistently and do what you can both partners to minimize stress. That is 
probably the most important thing you can do to navigate the the loss and also support your body to be able to conceive and carry a healthy baby the next time around. Yeah, I it's it's incredible what like how much this like how your body reacts when there's like with a stress response and I yeah. I know, I hate being, I hate everyone. Oh, stop stressing and you'll have a baby or this person stopped stressing and they, they just forgot about it and had a baby. And that's completely unhelpful advice. How do you stop thinking about the thing that you can't stop thinking about? It's, it's not very helpful. And I've yeah. that too. But you just need to relax. It's going to happen. Especially if you have, we have different experiences with our first two pregnancies of it happening like pretty quickly. Right. And secondary infertility is real and every conception experience is different. And yeah. So I can really relate to how unhelpful that is, yeah. but it, so there's true. a grain of truth in it too. <laughs> totally. It, I, when we did IVF to, but like after all of this, that stuff and our first round, it didn't take. And my husband and I were like, I was like doing everything in my power to try and ovulate within these specific days so that we could do, get in another, get in another transfer before we went away on vacation. And finally my husband was just like, that's it. Like, stop. We're taking a month off. Like we cannot, we need to take a break. This has been our life for the last year and a half. Like I need, yeah. we're going to New York. Let's just drink. We'll party. We'll have a good time. We'll forget about pregnancy for one month. We'll come back. We'll get started again. We'll get like, we'll do it. And we did that. And that was the month I got pregnant yeah. um, with my son. And it's, and I, that I say that only to, to say I, for one, I, I allowed myself the space to be like, okay, this month we're taking a break. And by the way, I had tried to, to do that for the, the previous like six months. I was trying to be like, okay, this month I'm not, I'm just going to, we're just going to let it go. But I couldn't because I was still obsessive about it. And it took so relate. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like the like, tracking and the, oh yeah, the obsessing over your temperature and all of those tools, I think, can be really helpful, but in the wrong hands, in my hands. My hands. Like a, yeah, like as a um, type, <laughs> type A, free <laughs> post-loss. Like it was not very supportive. So uh -huh. yeah, and I think that's something that goes back to the point of what does nourishment actually mean? Like for you in, in that time period, like going out and having fun and partying and like like drinking wine or whatever it is that brings you joy is going to be so much more nourishing than trying to be perfect and driving yourself crazy. Yeah. I like attribute it. I'm like, I ate so many sandwiches because when we go back to New York, we just eat sandwiches. Yeah. You can't get sandwiches like New York sandwiches. <laughs> you got to enjoy it because then cold cuts become harder in pregnancy. Exactly. Oh my God. I know. I, I so appreciate it. Actually, before, before we wrap up, I do want to ask, because you had mentioned the complete four-step complete uh, yeah. So I just tell us a little bit about that, about your prenatal. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. So the complete plan for women is the four-step protocol. It has a prenatal multi, which comes in three options. There's a powder that's a vanilla flavor and it's great in smoothies um, or lattes. Some like to mix it with oatmeal too. We have a capsule format, which is great for those who just, they prefer to take pills and that works really well for them. Or when you're traveling, sometimes that's the easiest format. Mm -hmm. And then we have an essentials prenatal, which we're really excited about. It's just launched and it's designed for first trimester nausea or for those who know that they have optimal nutrient status coming into pregnancy or postpartum. Like when you're not, if you're not breastfeeding, for example, or you know that your nutritional needs are a little bit lower. It's a great option. It's also budget friendly and okay. fewer capsules than our capsule option. So there's the prenatal multi, there's an omega-3. Omega-3 is one of those nutrients like iron that's best taken 
taken separately. It can oxidize, like basically go rancid when it's mixed with vitamins and minerals. So we offer it separately. And our format's awesome. It has choline added to it, which is great for baby's brain. And it has other antioxidants too. It's a great one for fertility and, and pregnancy. And then the pre-probiotic that we talk, talked about, which is also a capsule format. And then lastly, we included a collagen protein in our Ooh. complete plan. And many know collagen for its benefits for beauty and hair and skin and nails and also for gut health. But collagen is actually super important during pregnancy. And I say this as a former vegetarian vegan <laughs> who at first when my co-founders like all of the practitioners that we're formulating with think that we need to include collagen. And here's why I was like, are you sure? Because I don't know that I would even take that. But the reason we included it is because protein needs are super high during pregnancy, like way, way higher than baseline. You need upwards of hundred grams, even from early pregnancy onward. And that's even higher if you're having twins or multiples. But beyond the need for protein, there are specific amino acids found in collagen. The two main ones are glycine and proline, which not to get too scientific and nerdy with you, but they become conditionally necessary during pregnancy. Basically, your body can't make them during pregnancy. They can't synthesize it. So it has to be consumed through food or supplements. And those amino acids are abundant in things like chicken skin or the parts of animals that we're often not eating. It's not found in boneless, skinless chicken breast in abundance. So that's where collagen can be really helpful. And it does have benefits for your hair and skin and nails. It can also help with postpartum healing, whether you have a vaginal or cesarean birth. But for preconception, what I really like about collagen is how important protein is to hormone balance. Like you've maybe heard that blood sugar regulation is important for hormones too. If you're on like a blood sugar spike um, and crash, it's going to lead to more dis dysregulation in your hormones. Many who have PCOS also have blood sugar dysregulation. So mm -hmm. protein's great for stabilizing blood sugar, which is very fertility. -free. And our collagen is just, if you've had collagen before, it's worth giving a try because it's just minimally, it comes from a super high quality source from New Zealand, minimally processed. It has a really awesome texture and it's very popular. So that's the fourth part of the complete plan. And then the plan for men has a multivitamin specifically formulated for men's health, including preconception and omega-3 that's similar to the women's and then a pre-probiotic specifically formulated for fertility and men's health. It does not have the collagen, although many men do love the collagen, but the reason we left that out of the men's plan is because the needs for, oftentimes women, we're just consuming less protein in our diet than right. men are. And you don't want to overdo any of these nutrients, but what we find is, women are often well undershooting their, their yes. protein intake. And especially for those two amino acids that we need a lot of in pregnancy. Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. I love that. I thank you. I had no idea you guys had all those things. So that's. Yeah. And I know it's, it, it can sound like a lot we've done. I think why the complete plan is so popular is because it really streamlines your entire protocol of what you need during this life stage. But I wish I could say, here's our one a day pill that gives you everything you need. But the reality is it's just not possible to fit everything you need into a one a day. And that's not to say that if one a day is working for you or a gummy vitamin is working for you, like stick with that. It's most important that you stick with something that you can take every day. But when you're in the time period of looking to optimize, like if fertility isn't happening, you know, quite as naturally as you thought, or you've experienced loss, or you just really want to optimize your health 
I think that's really the customer that needed exists for is the the one that's looking for optimal. Yeah. And it's easy to find new routines, especially in pregnancy. And so I think like it's the time to be like, okay, like how can I start to incorporate these things? And I put collagen in my coffee. That's just, yeah. And I've found these new things that work for me. I take my omega-3 at lunch and then it's just, these are the routines. And, and I think it's important to figure those out in the preconception page phase so that you can then continue throughout pregnancy and then postpartum will flip everything on its head, but you'll figure it out. <laughs> totally. And honest, I'm glad you mentioned that starting the routine preconception because the the other thing I didn't mention is like the more well-nourished you are when you start pregnancy the more likely you are to feel well to have minimal nausea to have better energy like nobody's ever going to feel perfect but even those I know who have had no nausea will still have some fatigue because it's, mm -hmm. it's real but you're setting yourself up so that during the first trimester if you don't feel well you can take a more minimalistic prenatal and be fine and know that like your baby's going to get what it needs. And if your diet isn't perfect, it's going to be okay. And I, my suggestion would be start with, if you're going to start with needed, start with our powder or our capsules prenatals, because they're the more complete ones. And then the essentials is the perfect option for if you find that, okay, now I'm pregnant and I feel super nauseous, then you can always switch to the essentials, knowing that you have such a good foundation of nutrients and you're going to be totally fine if you stay on the essentials for a couple of months or even a year, mm -hmm. you're not going to, it's not going to lead to those nutrient depletions that we're trying to avoid. Got it. That's great. Now you guys just need like a post postpartum. Yeah. So <laughs> but for me, know, like, <laughs> so we are working on a mom's multi, but I'd say so nice. the prenatal multi-essentials I mentioned is perfect for exactly perfect. that reason. It's, right. it's not too much nutrition. It doesn't have iron in it. So if you don't, if you're, yeah. Even for perimenopause, like if you're no longer menstruating, it's a great multi for, for women in that post baby, no more kids on the horizon light stage, but there will be a mom's multi to come because when we're out of that light stage, we don't necessarily want to be taking a prenatal anymore. Right. I know. I, it's so funny. I like still have prenatals and I'm like, I know I don't need all this, but I just still have them. Thank you so much for joining, for being so open and sharing about your, your loss, which I know is hard. And yeah, it's my pleasure. Uh, my pleasure. And thanks for having me. Okay. That's all for today. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a mama friend and leave us a review. If you're pregnant, postpartum, or trying to conceive, you can download the Juna app completely free for seven days. The app is available for iOS and Android and is designed to be your guide for all things health and fitness for this very special time of your life. If you have any suggestions for episodes you would like to hear or anyone you think would be a great guest on the show, please email me directly at sarah at Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.